Welcome to Mentored. This is Carson, and if you're just tuning in, may I encourage you first to listen to In Memory of Martin on your podcast listing. In this episode, you will be hearing the voice of my friend and co-host, even though he died unexpectedly on January 8th, 2024. Martin and I had pre-recorded an entire year of episodes, so the advertisements and announcements you will hear regarding Martin are now not applicable. But we rejoice at having captured his voice and his wisdom. Now, as Martin would desire, let's start the music. Oh, yeah. Oh, that means it's episode time. You hear that music. Welcome to Mentored. Join two professional mentors, Carson Pugh and Martin Sanders, as they provide straight talk and wisdom to fellow leaders. Their approach is no nonsense, practical, and focused on helping you become a better leader in all aspects of your life. Together, we'll gain valuable insights and actionable advice from these seasoned mentors. So now, here's our episode. Well, welcome to this podcast of Mentored, and today we're going to follow up on loss and grief. Mm-hmm. Part two. Yeah. It's a big subject, and it's one that has touched you and I personally through the loss of our spouses, which we talked about in part one. Today, we want to focus in on the role of a mentor during times of grief and loss. What do, what do you think are some common misperceptions about grief? Part of it is they know grief is real, but nobody preps for it very well. Mm-hmm. It usually try to deal with it afterwards. So one of them is just, what am I supposed to feel? What am I supposed to think? Yeah. How am I supposed to experience this in community even so that it's useful, but I don't... Mm. I don't know what to do with this. There's no roadmap exactly. Yes, and I think people are wondering, is what I'm going through normal? Like I've been with other people in times of loss, and because of my loss, they think I'm an expert in this, which in some ways you and I are, but they want to know, is what I'm experiencing normal? Is this normal, what I'm going through? I discovered because our experience was so different, I actually remember checking with you and saying, I'm getting people, particularly men, checking with me who've lost their partner. Yeah. And I said, can I send them to you? And you go, I'm not that useful. Yeah. And I, I think you're more useful than I mm-hmm. am in this. Yeah, I, I went through a long three-month period after Brenda's death where I was, I described myself like I was a zombie of some sort. I wasn't functioning. I didn't want to leave the house. I was, even though I had all of that preparation time and I didn't feel I was helpful to anybody, my situation got in some ways heightened because three and a half years after Brenda's death, I was engaged to be remarried and My fiancé died 26 days before our wedding, as you remember walking me through that. You flew up here to be with me at that time. So that was the thing that really pushed me down into the depths, and I've often described it as the darkest place I've ever been. 
that experience of loss there was compounding the sense of loss I'd had before. And there's just no right way for us to grieve in this. And we have to kind of find our path through all of this. And when we talk about mentoring, Carson, we we also have to include professional and personal friendships. Mm -hmm. Like when I discovered that your fiance had passed, I was actually standing at a boarding line in Singapore on my, <laughs> on my way to Bali. And I thought, I can get to Bali, but I'm going to go be with my friend. Went and changed mm -hmm. a flight and got there. We just said, use me when you need me. I'm here for several days. Yeah. If I'm useful, let's do it. I didn't impose. And yeah. When you needed a bit extra, I was there. Yeah. I remember one of our conversations and we were sitting out on a bench looking out over the ocean and you being beside me, allowing me to begin to express some of the emotion that was inside of me was a very helpful thing for me to experience. And when I think about leaders that I'm mentoring or coaching, they have staff who are there or they have a congregation that they're with. I I want to mention that I, I have wanted to go around and apologize to all of the people who lost loved ones while I was their pastor because how I responded was without the knowledge of the depth of the pain of that loss. I just did what I was trained to do as a pastor and be there, be loving to the, towards them and to pray with them. But I sure didn't understand the depth of it. So when we think of how can a leader support their employees, even as they go through a time of loss, what would be some ideas? Open conversations are just mm -hmm. the best. I say, is there anything that you can think of that would be useful? Yeah. We'll take care of that. If you can't think of anything, we will check in. We'll actually give you three options and you can pick one. Mm -hmm. Some yeah. people like that. Some people like this or this or this. It's no different yeah. when it comes to dealing with grief. Yeah. Didn't you have trouble making decisions as you're in your time of grief? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I didn't want to make another decision. I, I would really like somebody to say, here are three choices. Which one would you like? Like that would, I could handle that. But if somebody just says an open-ended, how can we be of help? I have no freaking idea how, how they can help at that exactly. point. You know, we, we've been talking about the loss of a person, a relationship through death, but there's other losses that take place in the workplace, the marketplace where we work. I'm thinking of somebody who gets laid off from their job. Here in Canada, layoff means there's not enough work for you to do, but there's the hope of being called back. That's a little less hard on you than if you get fired or you get released or they terminate your position. I have been with some very gifted, significant people who are crushed by the fact that the company where they work realized that there's no longer alignment between that person and what they were doing, or they've, they've decided to go in a different direction and suddenly they're without a job. 
And with men in particular, we like to associate our identity with what we're doing. And so they suddenly feel like they're, they're set loose and they have no identity. One of the things uh, when we've gone through cycles of this, it, you know, different seasons, uh, global economics and national economics, words are always used differently. But I remember men particularly saying, I'm going to meet my daughter's future in-laws and they're doing well financially, etc. I've just lost my job. What do I do? And I said, it's a great time to say I'm in transition. Lots of people are. Yeah. And so this is a time I'm going to explore things and possibly even grad school. Mm -hmm. And I would say to them, get back to me. They would come back and say, people they were meeting said, I would love to be able to do that at this stage of my life. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a win for everyone. Yeah, it seems like a positive thing rather than building it into being negative. Another loss that leaders have faced where I've been able to share that you're actually grieving has been a failed project, something that they were put in charge of, that they were to lead and guide, and suddenly things turned sideways, maybe for reasons outside of their control. But they were so invested in this project that when it fails, they start to exemplify all of the symptoms and characteristics of loss and grief. In the mentoring connections, part of it is just to ask people, questions that allow them to see things as loss that they never saw that way. Yes. And then mm -hmm. to suggest the possibility of let's grieve these mm -hmm. and then let's yep. discover what levels do yeah. you would be useful to grieve. Yeah, giving permission yeah. to somebody to grieve the loss is the opening of a door to a whole new way of reframing the situation. And you never know what they're going through yeah. or at what level. One example, I was with my two daughters who at the time both lived in Philadelphia, two and a half or three hours from where I lived. Went down to be with them on their mom's, uh, would have mm -hmm. been her first I remember birthday. that, yes. And I was down there with them. I was trying to get home before midnight. It wasn't happening. They kept saying, stay a little longer, stay a little longer. I finally got on the New Jersey Turnpike, which is never fun anyway. <laughs> and as soon as I was getting on the Turnpike entrance, the light came on that I was out of gas. Mm -hmm. We couldn't turn around and leave. And I thought, I'll find some someplace up here. <laughs> so I was going along and saw that like in five miles, I thought, I'll, I'll, I'll make it. And I pulled in and I was thinking, it's cold. It's a November night. The person who takes care of me and pumps my gas, which is required in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And it was a young black man, probably in his late teens. And I pulled in and I thought, I was going to give him a little extra to make it yeah. hopeful and memorable. Got out, gave him a five, started a short conversation. He goes, what are you doing driving home after midnight? You're the only customer I've had for a while. And I told him. Yeah. Why I'd been there. And he looked at me and he said, how long does the pain last? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, who did you lose? He said, the grandmother who raised me. Uh, mm -hmm. Now, this went into a conversation where I gave this young man my cell phone, talked him through his life, 
helped him get connected to men in his community, Mm -hmm. checked back with him, drove down to see him again. And that was a short term. The occasional mentor we've talked about, that was short term. But it put him on a pathway just by intersecting our lives and pain together. Mm -hmm. Coming together. You know, there's also some symbolism to the gaslight coming on, telling you that you you're almost out of gas. And I think when we're grieving, we need to pay attention to our bodies, to our minds, our emotional health, because you can run out of gas if you don't take the time to take care of yourself and to just monitor how you're doing. I thought of another loss that leaders face, and actually there are thousands of these happening right now. The transition of the founder, boomer types who are stepping out of leadership for Christian organizations all around the world because of the demographics of baby boomers. You and I are baby boomers. We're moving off the the, the top of the bell chart here. And so they're giving up their positions, and many of them are not acknowledging the grief that they're experiencing as they're stepping away from their role. So I've mentored many to try to help them to acknowledge the grief and to state it, put it out there and allow yourself to feel that emotion of leaving this place that you've served probably for a dozen years. I had one of those very recently. My institution that I'd worked with forever uh, was transitioning to a different kind of campus in a different location. It was going to be an urban thing. Mm-hmm. I'd lived three minutes from my offices, had an office suite. I had my own bathroom in my office suite. (laughs) No, you'd made it. I'd made it. I'd been there for a long time. And I went to a very small office and I thought, I I need to just make a list of the losses of my life. Mm. I quickly came up with 27. Yeah. I called one of my therapist friends, PhD clinician. And they said, oh, no, nobody can deal with 27. And I go, I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. What, what about some coping strategies for trying to encourage a man or a woman who's lost something, whether at work, professionally, or in your family, the death of somebody that you loved deeply? What are some things that you might start with in terms of encouraging them to help cope with it. It's overly simplistic, but you have to keep talking. Mm. Because for most of us, when we don't and we go inward, it's less positive than when we're verbalizing it with somebody who can help us Mm. reframe it, take it to a better place. For many of us, when left alone, it gets darker, yeah. gets quieter, it gets far less positive. Yeah. So the simplicity of just keep talking. To be able to talk, you have to give yourself permission to grieve. You have to acknowledge it, acknowledge the loss. I've mentioned also just practicing good self-care, being attentive to yourself, making sure you're getting sleep, not overdoing self-medication or other unhealthy ways of trying to deal with it. Reaching out for support, like get some friends around you who are going to be there and walk with you during that time. 
That was a critical thing for me with my loss is just having a very close circle of friends like yourself mm-hmm. who are going to say, we're with you. We're going to walk with you now. And it sounds a little strange, but be with some people who help you laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The loss of laughter takes you further down emotionally. Yeah. And you think, is it appropriate to laugh? The people in your situation who love you, whatever that is, who those mm-hmm. people are, would say, laughter will actually help, and I can actually help there. Yeah. This is where I think the Irish have got it right. When my grandfather died, we had a wake in his house, and the casket is carried into the living room, open <laughs> there for everybody to see, and the family all gathers around, and we begin telling stories yes. about grandpa that had everybody in stitches. It was laughing. It was celebrating his life rather than wallowing in the, the loss. I love the opportunity when it's appropriately done to laugh about the situation and bring some levity to it. Parallel, but very different. Give yourself place presence to have lots of tears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have to talk to men about how to have productive tears Mm -hmm. because they hold them back or they just feel bad in the moment. We go, no, 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 this this needs to carry through. Last year, first faculty meeting after American Thanksgiving, we were to go around, not do the classic I'm grateful for, but go, when you look Mm -hmm. over your year, what's something that's been meaningful to you? I was halfway around the circle. They got to me and I said, tears have become my friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out, friend or friends? Yeah. So I said, tears have become my friend. And everyone looked at me. We're talking academics. Mm-hmm. Everyone had a doctorate. And I said, it's not sadness. Right. Accessing deep emotion. Deep emotion and their cleansing also. Isn't this incredible cleansing that happens through tears? So in the next two and a half hours, every male faculty member just walked into my office, flopped down in a chair and said, I can't tell you how long it's been since I've cried. And I go, probably Mm -hmm. time? I go, definitely time. Yeah. I think with men in particular, we tend to shut off the tears. As soon as you feel your eyes welling up, you want to stop it. But I encourage people, let it out. Let it come out and allow this to cleanse you as you're experiencing because it is what's coming out is deep emotion yeah and so even the term it's more women than men but they say i'm an ugly crier yeah i don't want anybody (laughs) to see me anyway because almost no one is a pretty crier so you've got to get the emotion out somehow Mm -hmm. and to just do it privately isn't nearly as effective as being with someone who can help you through the process you know another loss that people can experience in the workplace is the end of a dream. You know, you had an idea of how your life was going to play out and it just doesn't at all. I have people that I've mentored who had an image when they got married of what their family life was going to be. And now they have adult children and it hasn't played out at all like the scenario that they had in their head. And you have to come to a place of admitting that as another point of loss. It's the death of that dream. And it creates a grief response just like everything else. Death of a dream is 
personal, professional, relational. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about faith in just a minute. It's there as well. I just thought by this stage, I wouldn't have to still wrestle with this. Yeah. I think in mentoring people who are going through loss, we can encourage them to focus on things that they can control. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm talking with people who are grieving and they, they're all concerned about some things that they just can't control. So let's focus on the things that you can and begin to nurture them or walk with them to accept the new normal. You and I have gone through this and our lives were changed in a way that they will never go back to what it was. So it's not like everything is gone. It's actually just that there is a new normal and you have to begin to learn how to live in that. And I think a mentor could be a safe place to help talk that through. Hi, I'm Roy and I'm the producer of Mentored. Are you looking for a unique life enhancing experience that will propel your leadership skills to the next level? I want you to consider my friend, Dr. Martin Sanders founder of Global Leadership and the director of the doctoral program at ATS in Manhattan. With years of experience in leadership development, Martin has helped countless individuals and organizations reach fuller potential. His creative questioning approach, grounded in biblical principles, sets him apart from other mentors. One of Martin's most sought-after services is his exclusive executive couples coaching conference in Florida. It's a one-of-a-kind event to grow, develop depth, and be mentored by one of the best. Working with my friend Martin is a wonderful opportunity to take your leadership skills to new heights. So visit mentoredpodcast.net today to learn about engaging his service and schedule a consultation. Your future starts now. Well, we're both people of faith, and I'd like us to end this episode by talking about the role of faith in grief and loss. How does that play a part as we're trying to mentor and help people with their own sense of loss? One of the ideas that just sort of permeates the Psalms is hope. Mm I remember walking with people through difficult times and often when we would embrace, I would just say quietly into their ear, there's more hope than you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They would often come back and say, of all the people who said things to me, that's the only one I remember. And it actually did give me hope. And there's more hope than I even know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that our faith perspective brings to this whole conversation, and that is hope. Because our faith allows us to look at death and life differently. And we look at life as an eternal life, if you're a Christian. And that means that our spouses were already living an eternal life before they passed through. They're now experiencing it in a different way, and you and I will experience that in a different way at some point as well. Faith is something that you can really just hold on to, and I found myself thinking several times, 
I don't know how people without faith can cope with the pain of the loss. Because Diana had lost the ability to communicate yeah. and do many things, uh, verbal, facial, anything. In the, uh, the last few weeks, um, she had a hospital bed beside a window. Mm. And she was often looking out the window, up and over. And the girls would come on weekends so I could get a little sleep and some other things. And they would say, Mom, what are you, what are you looking at? Mm -hmm. And it was quite well, confusing because she was focused. And I said, she's not seeing, she's hearing. Oh, yeah. Psalm 51 says, let me hear joy and gladness. We know about the songs of heaven, revelations filled mm -hmm. with them. Yeah. And I said, your mom's getting ready. Yeah. I had a very precious moment with Brenda just an hour or so before she passed. She's not able to communicate at this point either, but she was able to nod her head. And we got out of her the fact that she's very concerned about leaving me alone and what's going to happen. And she didn't want to go. And I said to her, honey, I don't know how this all works, but I do know that in a moment you're going to be in the presence of God. And at that point, this may not even be a memory for you. Then at some point in the future, we'll be reunited. We'll be back together. You know, it was like she relaxed into that and stayed. So, Carson, as we close this segment, we've covered a lot. Mm -hmm. A couple of keys. Talk your way through this with a mentor. Yep. Mentors listen well. Just listen a lot. Mm -hmm. Make sure you access deep emotion that's appropriate with what you've gone through. Yes. That's what the best of grief is like. Mm -hmm. When it comes to your losses, make the list. I said my list had 27 almost immediately, which just seems like a ridiculous number, and it is. Yeah. But when it's your life, you've got to look at them, weigh each one, and go, I don't have to deal with all of these at once. When I was in my grief group, they asked us about how many losses have occurred because of your spouse's loss. And I didn't understand the question. And the facilitator said to me, well, did you do all the cooking? I went, no. And she goes, well, you lost a cook. How about laundry? Did you do that? No, didn't do that. And all of a sudden, this list starts to build of those are all losses, and they're losses that you face in the immediacy of the day whenever I had to do the laundry by myself. Carson, you picked up on there's nothing to be ashamed of. Unique use of the word. Yeah, it, it's because there are still people who feel that if they go to see a therapist, it's just not acceptable. They don't want anybody to know about it, but I'm wanting to say there is no shame at all. In fact, I think it shows incredible wisdom. I'm glad well, we covered this. It is not easy. It will no. be useful for numbers of people. Yeah, I'm glad it's over. Me too. Yeah. And I will simply say there's more hope than you know when you yeah. walk through grief and loss. Mm -hmm. There is more hope than you know. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Glad you were with us. If you want to hear more from us and find other resources on mentoring, head over to our website, 
at www.mentoredpodcast.net where you'll find all our topics as well as a way to subscribe to future episodes. And we'd also appreciate it if on social media, you take a moment to like or comment on our episodes. This helps us create better content and reach more people with our message. I'm Martin Sanders. And I'm Carson Pugh. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.